everybody this is the his cape not yours podcast this is again a podcast about uh topics surrounding millennials really for the most part and uh, how that can tie into um, how we begin and or strengthen our walks with jesus christ on the regular on the daily you know every day however y'all want to say it <laughs> but uh, i am the main host of this podcast brandon merchant and uh, we are closing out our series uh, called Success Chronicles. Uh, we've been on it for the past uh, couple weeks, and it's pretty much been it's pretty much been a series regarding the different aspects of life that we tend to place success at, and how we measure that uh, within ourselves, and sometimes how those things that we measure success with are not things that really mean what it really is. Um, you know, and how we how we can align ourselves better with this idea of success in our lives. So um, before we get started, uh, we got a host, uh, not a host, excuse me, a host. You got a host here. We got a guest on the podcast with us today. Um, she's a pretty cool girl. You know, I think she's all right. You know, sometimes, you know, she has uh, some good ch- some good traits about her, but she's cool. She's cool. She's my girl. Valencia, welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you. Hi, y'all. <laughs> Anything you want to say? Introduce yourself. Give a give a, the listeners a little bit. Four one one. Anything? Yeah, definitely. My name is Valencia. As Brandon introduced me, I'm better than a cool girl. <laughs> um, I am his girlfriend, and um, I'm helping him out. We we're talking about a really good topic right now, so I'm excited to get into it. Word word. Anything like, you know, anything else you want to say to the audience about yourself? What things are you doing with your life right now? Where you at? Okay, so I'm a writer. Um, I'm right now working on a book to be published, as well as I have my own business. Um, It's called curlsmeetjotted.com, and it helps other writers with editing services, coach writing services, anything you need in the writing world, we have it over at curlsmeetsjot.com so that's what i'm doing right now okay we're dope i'm saying this as if i didn't already know this guys but you know again comes with the territory being a host so (laughs) exactly (laughs) but yeah that's dope that's dope um we'll get to like anywhere places you know down the line where you know you guys can connect with her and if you guys you know want to render her services um you know we'll get that information later on um, but I definitely wanted to start it off. Uh, I know recently, you know, this is today uh, is the 28th of May. And the uh, past couple of days we've been going, um, you know, back and forth kind of with what's been happening um, in Minneapolis. If you guys aren't aware, um, there was a situation where uh, a gentleman by the name of George Floyd was um, coming back from, uh, I believe it was a grocery store, and he was pulled over by policemen. Um, allegedly, he had written either a bad check or gave some bad cash um, to the grocery store that he was coming from, and the officers got him out of his vehicle, uh, apprehended him, you know, put him in handcuffs, but they restrained him to a point uh, where he, um, you know, eventually died uh, of excessive force. Um, there was a cop in particular that had his knee on this man's neck, um, and it was very uh, disturbing image, disturbing things to watch and hear about. Um, but I definitely want to just quickly, um, you know, Valencia, uh, what are your thoughts about this whole situation? You know, what do you think, you know, is 
or should be like the outcry in this particular circumstance. Cause, you know, we've been having circumstances like this for years, you know, as sad as it is to say. I definitely think that it needs to stop. Um, this has been going on for a long time. And I feel now it's more than just posting on social media. It's more than just hashtagging their name. I think as a community of, you know, black men and women that we need to get together Martin Luther King style. We need to start going down to the offices for laws. We need more black men and women in the court systems. We need to step up as a people because they're not going to step up for us. And it doesn't matter how many times we riot, doesn't mean ha- doesn't matter how many times we petition. We need to physically get our hands on it and get more black men and black women as judges and lawyers and lawmakers. Mhm. For sure. I definitely agree. Um sometimes, you know, it's it we have to get in, into places in order to make a difference. And I think that's where it starts. Uh, yesterday we had a conversation. It was myself, Valencia, and a couple other folks um, that we know. And we had a discussion about, you know, how we need to get more representatives in the local offices as opposed to just getting people at the White House. Um, because this is where a lot of the things are happening. They're not taking place in the White House. And not to say that, you know, orders at the end of the day don't, you know, uh, funnel in from, you know, the White House and Senate and things of that nature. But, the more presence we can have in our local governments, um, you know, hopefully that means the less likely um, situations like these will happen. Um, I also want to take this time to say I think this is not just a battle between black and white um, or something, nor something just between law enforcement and citizens. I definitely think it's something more of a spiritual dissent. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think with if us, you know, I'm speaking now as a Christian, is that when we have situations like this, we can't just be so eager to want to seek revenge or try to want to, um, you know, go back to, you know, the people who are killing us and our oppressors, as you may call them, um, and try to give them the same energy that we've been receiving. That's not what Christ would have done. Um, Christ is bigger than that. And I believe that this battle that we're fighting is bigger than what we see right now. Exactly. Prayer changes things. And uh, we definitely need to get on our knees as a people, as a generation, as a unit, and cry out together that God will step in and intervene. Agreed. Agreed. And I think that's the main thing we have to understand. Um, It's very easy to just kind of go back and forth with this. You know, it's been going on for, you know, 300 plus years, you know, with uh, slavery um, in this country. And so... What I want to say about that is, you know, we have to get out of that thought process that we're just going against the white man. You know, this is not a racial battle. This is a humanity humanity battle, really. Um, I've always been raised to look beyond, you know, skin color, be aware of it. But I won't feed into what either community wants me to do for real, if I'm being honest. I mean, I know that's not something that Maybe people in my community, in the black community, want to hear, but I'm not going to prejudge any type of white person or any type of white, you know, um, authoritative or, you know, um, you know, uh, law enforcement person because of what I see. Um, Now, granted, would that change if I had an experience like that? I can't say. I don't know. But 
at this point, I, I won't say I've had a point in time where I've been so, you know, disrespected or disregarded by law enforcement that I have to act that way. Because the thing is, I'm not just representing. A lot of times we take that racial thing, I think, sometimes too much to the point where we forget that we are representat- representations of ourselves as people before we are of our race, if that makes sense. Like, when you see me, do you see Brandon or do you see uh, just another black man? You know what I mean? Depends on who you ask. Right. But that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm not living my life according to what people think of me, whether they see a black man or whether they see me for who I really am. Yeah, and you shouldn't. Not at all. Right. But you get what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it's just. You're human first. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, one of my brothers, shout out to Avery, he did a post on uh, Facebook yesterday. And he was telling me how he got he asked he asked the question, are you human first or are you black first to all you know people from our community? And he was saying that a lot of people answered black first instead of human. And so what does that tell you? I mean, to me, it tells me that they put their identity in the color of their skin. But I can I can see where they got that from because everything you do, uh, you kind of have to operate in that way. In what way? The color of your skin. Like, so I have to operate by the people's expectations based on my color of skin? Not necessarily, but the reality of it. At the end of the day, you have to work 10 times harder to get a job instead of going into the interview lackadaisical because you're black. Everything we do kind of reminds us that we're black it depends i think it depends it, de- it depends on on your on your individual walk of life um because some people may take that as like a, a as like a you know and i'm not saying it's not but take that and say you know what that's a hardship why i shouldn't have to work that hard to get to where i want to be but you know there's others that just say you know what it's i i can't play i can't control anything about what people are dealing me but i can control what my hand looks like based on the cards that I get, you know? And so the thing is, I've always kind of looked at it as in a way, not, not an advantage, but like, okay, I got to work 10 times harder. If, if that be the case, which personally, I don't think I've had that type of situation. So again, I don't know, maybe I'm coming from a different perspective, but for me, it hasn't been a situation like that where I feel like, I'm just so resentful of the fact that I have to work 10 times harder because I, I don't know if I've had that experience personally, but what, what about you? I mean, it's not necessarily the experience of, you know, an interview or anything like that, but being an African-American woman and having my natural hair, I know back in 2014 when I was wearing it out in the Afro, just walking down the street, I was reminded I was black. That's true. I had the experience of, can I touch your hair? I can see that. So if that's not living black, I don't know what is. White people don't walk down the street and we ask to touch their hair. That's true. I, and and I agree. I agree. There there are certain cultural things that uh, or appropriations, I'll say, that we have that white people don't understand. And I feel like for them, that's their way of trying to understand at times, even though it doesn't come off as the most respectful way. Again, can we can we just be honest here? I, I, I've seen sometimes, sometimes, not saying this is all white people, 
but there's sometimes that white people can have a tendency to seek understanding in ways that for us come off strictly as disrespect. And sometimes it definitely is disrespect. Other times it's like, all right, maybe we could kind of meet in the middle, like, and say, you know what, instead of saying, instead of, you know, touching my hair or asking what the texture is, you know, just ask me, hey, what kind of products do you use in your hair? Right. You know what I mean? Like, that's like a happy medium if you want to learn about maybe like, you know, what you have to do for black hair as opposed to somebody with maybe more of a, uh, you know, Caucasian type of, you know, hairstyle or, you know, hair texture, if you will. Yeah. And I mean, I'm all for a learning or teaching experience. Right. I think it's honestly cool when other races try to learn about other cultures. Um, So that's not the problem at all. I just think it's just a constant reminder that I am black and that there's nothing Mm. white about me. Yeah. So. Yeah. And I agree. It's, um, and then, you you know, for me, I know, I know for myself, I was like that person growing up that, you know, some people that were in my own community were like, yo, B, you, you, you know, you kind of act a little white because of the way I talk or the way I, you know, carry myself, you know, uh, how I kind of try to hide, have like, I guess like a upright, you know, stance and or posture when it comes to, you know, how I carry myself. And, you know, that was one thing. Um, so, so what we're going to do now, though, is um, we're going to jump into the last part. I know that was kind of like an intro, guys, that kind of veered off in a completely different direction. <laughs> it's a great topic. Uh, maybe something, you know, in the future that we'll discuss. But uh, right now we want to focus on closing out the Success Chronicles. So um, today's topic, as it pertains to success, is the idea of or the, the roles that um, success plays uh, in terms of health, right? And, you know, so health for me, you know, definitely in my mind has always been something that, you know, I wanted to make sure I do. Um, I'm not going to lie to y'all. I'm not like this super like gym nut, you know, gym rat type of person. Um, but I try to do things that I can to just, you know, maintain my health standard. You know, I'm not somebody who has been sick a lot in my history, and I want to make sure of that. Um, so my outlook of health is really at this point just to make sure that I'm doing what I can do, you know, in terms of my eating habits and, you know, being active in whatever way, shape, or form that may be, um, you know, so so I can be in a place where I can raise my children, hopefully if I, you know, if God grants me the ability to have children and everything, um, to have children and being able to see them grow up and, you know, hopefully not put them in a situation where, you know, when you get older, you know, you have to be taken care of, you know, at least at an early age, you know, I'm I'm talking like 60s, 70s type right. of situation. So yeah. uh, what about you, Valencia? What comes to mind when you think about, you know, success and as it pertains to your health? Everything. <laughs> Everything. Elaborate. Um. So basically... A couple of years ago, I've kind of went on this super health kick. Um, I was going into the gym a lot. I mean, you said that you wasn't a gym rat, but I definitely feel like at some point in time, I was a gym rat with how I was working out and how I was eating because your eating and working out go hand in hand. So I'm really big on eating healthy foods. I have been starting eating vegan products, non-dairy milk and cheese and different things like that. And um, I honestly think that your eating and your health is a great, great contributor to your success. 
you can't do what you want to do in life and business with being a mom, a dad, a professional, having a very hectic life. If you're sluggish, if you feel like you're out of breath all the time, if you don't have good, good habits of sleeping, which contributes to everything you do. So health is really wealth. Right. I agree. I agree. It's like it seems like a cliche term that's kind of thrown around a little Very bit. Very cliche. You know, but it, it's it's true. I mean, a lot of cliches, I feel like, often have the most truth to them. Even, I think it's just we don't like to hear the truth sometimes, mm. you know. Um, so you said something that kind of um, caught my eye was, you know, you can't be successful if you your health isn't there to support that. Right. So do you feel like um, in our in our generation, like millennials or just as a whole, do you think that health is put on the back burner as a and when it comes to like getting a glimpse of being successful no do you think is that so you think is you think it's greater than in my opinion yeah. i think it's been on the front of the of people's minds and millennials i think with all these new health shops opening up these you know health diets keto and yeah. all that good stuff millennials are on the kick I, I think, can see that. Yeah, I, I can see that. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Because see, it is, and it, it is a lot of alternatives that are coming out now that um that definitely are uh you know predecessor predecessors did not have mm-hmm. in terms of like having like I know like for example um you guys if you guys want to check out somebody who's funny guy he's my type of humor hopefully he's yours is uh, Trey Kennedy yeah he's so, good so he did like one where he's talking about millennial talk and he did do one where he said you know, oh my gosh, we're out of almond milk now. He's like, you know, like, what, what, is, what is dairy milk? What is that now? You know? Right. And um, I will say there are a lot of different alternatives um, nowadays. Now, I think actually being in um, quarantine has kind of, I don't know if it's done this for you guys, but it's kind of helped me because you don't really have a lot else to do other than, you know, maybe chill, work on whatever it is that you're working on, you mm-hmm. know, in terms of, you know, your business or your aspirations or your job. And after that, it's kind of like eating. Exactly. And so for me, it's kind of opened me up in terms of different things I can substitute in terms of getting more healthy alternatives. Um, You know, I made a, I I like pasta, you guys, and sometimes it's not the best thing for you if you just eat it by itself or with like those high um, fatty uh, carbs. So, you know, I tried maybe putting some broccoli in it. Just something to get me diff- get a little different. Where? Huh? Where? Where what? Where's the broccoli? What do you mean where's the broccoli? Mm-hmm. Yo, she's she trying to make me seem like I'm a liar. I'm, I'm telling y'all. <laughs> listen, the times that she's ate me, seen me eat pasta, it's with some good stuff. We mm-hmm. had something for her mom's birthday. You know what I mean? Like, I did tell her I, a couple times, you know, on the weekend, I did cook. Um, some shrimp and lobster with it, but again, more seafood, you know, one time I did salmon, salmon's good, a good, uh, mind you guys, he's still talking about seafood. It is seafood, but then, but again, then I said, those are times again that I was trying to just let myself <laughs> loose a little bit, but I've been trying to, like I said, for the most part, include greens, Okay. you know, in some way, shape or form. You got it. So, you know, got some spinach, you know. I'm gonna be honest. Like I said, I never was really like this, y'all. Cause see, my metabolism—I'm not gonna hold you—was was crazy. But then, of course, as you get older, you can't do the same things that you used to do. And I mm-hmm. think that we're both—we're all, if you're a millennial listening to us, we're all kind of at that crossroad where our bodies are not the same as they used to be. You know, um, you know, can't go out 
drinking till two in the morning and then at least for me i don't know about y'all but i can't go out drinking all night <laughs> and then expect myself to be up the next morning at seven o'clock for right. work you know and be okay with that like i'm gonna be sluggish i'm gonna be tired I'm gonna be feeling crazy at jobs. It's not okay. It's not. It's not okay. So, <laughs> not okay at all. It's not okay. Um, you know. So, um, but like I said, um, I would say that though, in my opinion, as much as it is a forefront, I think that. Bear with me here. We allow where we're headed to uh, to kind of supersede you know, the health benefits that are needed, if it makes sense. So like, for example, let's say I'm, I'm getting my, I'm in my master's, I'm in my master's degree. I'm holding out two jobs, which, you know, we're everybody trying to make things happen. Right. I get it. Right. But in doing that, we're not, we're not getting the, the, the rest that we need every night in that we're not, maybe we're maybe not cooking as much, you know, so we're, we're subject to having to eat out a lot because we're so focused on trying to juggle the two jobs with, you know, studying for our master's, you know what I mean? Like, I can see that. And and I think it's just putting a lot of pre- a lot of work on ourselves to perform at a level that we can't do. One, I think, you know, mentally sometimes it can get draining. We're gonna get to that later. But physically, you're you're taking you're putting yourself physically in the back seat. I think that's when priorities come into place. Right. Because if it's if it matters to you, you're gonna set aside time to do it. Exactly. You have to eat. Right. Why not cook something healthy? It may right. take an extra 10, 15 minutes. Right. But um, depends what you care about most. Mm-hmm. I agree. What do you care about the most? All of it. I feel <laughs> like. <laughs> All of it. All of it. You've been, you've been saying very vague. Like, I need elaboration here. Listen. You keep saying you said everything. I'm simple. Straight to the point. No, it's not, it's not, it's not simple. <laughs> All right. So what, what matters to me is being healthy, feeling good, having energy, also looking good. I want my body to be snatched. But I want to be able to run up a flight of stairs and not get winded. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want to be on medication um, in my 20s, 30s right. because I have high blood pressure and all the things that African-American, you know, men and women get that's hereditary. Right. This is, you know, it's in our hands right now. We just got to do what we have to do so that we don't end up like some of our, you know, mothers and fathers that unfortunately didn't take the right paths. Mm-hmm. And they suffer it towards the later of their years, the later of their life. Yeah, right. I I completely agree. That was like another something that I added to the list here was, uh, it could be eating whatever you want, yet you're praying to God that disease mm. doesn't continue to strike your family. That's good. Like, how are yeah. you going to be counterproductive? God, I want to eat junk food all day long, but don't let my arteries clog. Right. It don't work like that. Exactly. Exactly. And you know, frankly, y'all, I had to learn that that was a hard truth. I had to kind of come to you know. Um, I haven't. I would say, like in the past couple, in the past year, or maybe even a little bit less than that, um, I, I've seen my eating habits kind of get a little out of hand. Okay. And that's because, like I said before, a lot of the stuff, it, some of the some of the stuff that we're talking about, just in general, kind of applies to me in this regard because I was doing so much that I wasn't making time for myself to, you know, cook the things that I needed to cook, mm-hmm. eat what I needed to, because I was so busy trying to be here, be there, you know, be at my job, you know, and trying to juggle so much that I wasn't prioritizing the things that are important, such, such as this. And I think when you look at it as like, if I don't get that in check, I won't be able to do any of it. Right. Time management. Right. Right. Big. 
Why are you looking at me like that? I'm not. See, yo, she just gave me this, yo. She she gave me like this. I'm about to I'm about to fry you up. Look, <laughs> like I'm like I'm like I don't know how you about to do that, but, <laughs> um, but yeah, um, and then you know, um, I was saying that I believe you know, um, physical health is just as important as achieving success, like you said. Um, this is a place where you know physical ailments can be broken in your bloodline. Yep. Because, you know, you took the time to step up and to, you know, do things that maybe, you know, your family or wherever you come from wasn't willing to do exactly. when you were growing up. So it's it's your time to set the standard for when, you know, hopefully you guys have a family or those of you who do have a family already, you know, change change the narrative. Yeah, your children learn all your habits. Right. Include, I think that's the most, would you agree that that's probably the most, like in terms of eating? Definitely. When you're a parent, you're going to cook them what you eat. Right. And then also, I mean, well, you, you know, now nah, I'm not going to say that because you guys can't control that as, you know, when you're pregnant. But I was going to say what you eat tends to be what the baby likes. So no, I'm serious because so so my mom, she did tell me that when she was pregnant, she used to eat a lot of burgers. Oh, you're the Burger King. And I remember growing up like I used to like that was my thing was burgers. So <laughs> okay. slowly but surely became pizza. OK. But. You know, it trickled off into other things. Exactly. Right. So so that's what I'm saying. Like, I do know somebody, um, uh, one of my followers, I think on on IG or somebody I do follow or whatever. Um, I know she would put up a lot of posts when she was pregnant about the different um, things she was eating. Right. That was more so like the vegan route. So like it, it makes it makes a lot of sense that when you are pregnant, if you do kind of before you get to that stage of your life, if you do take this time to kind of transition to eating more, you know, veg- veggies in your diet right. and getting that more, um, you know, incorporated, it could pay dividends in the future, you know, when you do get pregnant, right? Am yeah, I saying that right? I think so. It's, I've never been pregnant, so I'm just going off a whim here. <laughs> <laughs> but I definitely think that the habits that you form will be the habits that you keep. Yeah. Everybody say, oh, when you get pregnant, you have these crazy cravings. But cravings are just that. You know what I'm saying? Like, you still have self-control. You still have the ability which to turn. Is, which is what? It's the fruit of the Spirit. Exactly. Self-control. Preach Holy Spirit. That's why we should be fasting. It teaches you how to turn down your self and your flesh to hear the God's Spirit more. It's a good point. It's a good point. Now, when you when you fast, right? So, so here's my thing, right? I'm just going to ask this question. Mm-hmm. So I looked up this um, verse for you guys. Um, it's, uh, coming out of first Corinthians six nineteen, uh, chapter, no, not chapter. Um, yes. Chapter six, chapter. verse 19 <laughs> through 20. <laughs> you supposed to be my help me. Thank you. I'm your help right here. <laughs> covering you. <laughs> um, so it says, or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy spirit within you? Wow. Whom you have from God. You are not your own for you were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. So now, let me ask you this. If yeah. somebody goes on a fast, right, what were some, what are some things, I'm glad you brought up brought that up. If they are saying they want to fast and do, like, for example, the Daniel Daniel fast. Right. Um, which, if you guys all know, strictly fruits, veggies. Right. No carbs. Nope. No, no sweets. No sweets. Mm-mm. No protein. No, like, meaty, you know, meat proteins. No juice. Right. So... Um, when people go on things like that, like how would you recommend that they kind of get themselves prepared for something like that? Because, you know, when we do things like that, you know, it's not just 
because sometimes it can be for other out outlining reasons, right? It could be for, you know, financial reasons. It could be, for, you know, to get in shape, which is are not bad reasons. Nope. But when you're trying to connect it with where God really wants you to be, you know, how, how does how does that mindset kind of kick in? First of all, pray. Okay. That's I think good. getting control of your mind is the first step. Asking God and the Holy Spirit to help you. It sounds so simple or, you know, silly to ask God to help you with your cravings, but he said, ask and you shall receive. He'll, he'll help you with anything. So I would definitely say pray first. Next, I would say maybe start a process of winging yourself off of those junk foods. Maybe instead of having two shakes, have one shake. Instead of eating pizza and wings in the same week, maybe pick one or the other. Start getting yourself and your body detoxed and used to not having all that sugar, what makes you crave, and Mm. like fattening food like breads and stuff. Just start to, you know, Take one step at a time to get to this place where you're not going to have it at all. Right. And guys, again, this is kind of going off of what what I said before. I don't know if I said it on here, but um, you don't have to fast forward in order to move forward. I think that's, mm, that's what she, so good. I think that's what she's echoing here is that yes. you have to have a starting point, and it's okay to kind of if you if you have if you've had a bad habit for a long time. It's not just going to be broken in a week. Nope. You have to, like she said, wean yourself off of it slowly but surely. You know, you have to stand uh, with conviction to those things as you're doing it, you know. Um, Because I think sometimes the process, at least I know I've gotten caught up in sometimes, (laughs) is, you know, you'll start doing things and you're saying, you know, okay, I'm making progress. I'm not doing as much as I used to. Right. And you'll kind of get stuck in that middle stage where it's like, all right. I'm not where I used to, but I still have this habit. So when's that, you know what I'm saying? When does the line get drawn in the sand, if you will? Right. You're patting yourself on the back, congratulating yourself too early, and then you get complacent. Yes. Right. Exactly. Right. So, you know, it's it's a part it's a part of the process. I think we've all kind of been there, um, if I'm being honest. And it's not, it's not it, I'm not saying anything's wrong with you for not doing that or for struggling with that. You know, again, we've all done it. Um but, you know, t- make today the time that you just say to yourself, hey, if I'm going to do this, I need to have a plan. Like she said, she said having a plan also works because then you kind of can hold yourself accountable to a certain point, you know, and say, all right, if I'm going to let myself do this, I'm going to let myself do this, but only to only to this point. Right. I can't do it. Yeah. You know? And when you also, like I said, pray and incorporate God in this, you can remember that he's your helpmate. Mm-hmm. And that when you... And that when you are doing it for a certain reason, you'll be more likely to continue the behavior. Right. When you're just saying, oh, I want to be skinny. I want to be buff. I want to be whatever that it may be. Mm, you may fall off because that motivation no longer you know, hits its hard. But when you know that you're doing it for a spiritual reason, when you know that you're doing it to get closer to God, to kind of hear his voice more, you're more likely to continue the the behavior because you have a better motivation. Right. So how does that verse speak to you then when it talks about your body being a temple and it's really, he? what I think is the interesting part was that he said, you are not your own. You were bought for a price. Yeah. So it's like your body's not just something that's just yours where you can say, it's it's almost like if, if you have like a credit card, if you have a credit card and somebody gives it to you, you're not responsible for paying that back because it's, they're basically telling you it's already paid for. You I, know what I mean? I think when that you read that scripture, I always thought about that with sex. 
Oh, okay. Oh, that's, a, that's a different aspect. <laughs> I always thought about, oh, your body, you Quite know. Quite the difference. <laughs> it's the Lord's temple. Where's your head at? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm joking. <laughs> I'm being honest. Yeah. I don't think I actually started to look at my body as being like something I need to keep up and keep in good maintenance. Like it's a car. You need to take it for the oil changes and you want to make sure that it's in top shape for God's work. Like you said, he can't use you if you're in the, you know, this in the hospital sick because you won't take care of yourself. And he has to keep delivering you and delivering you. So I think it's a new perspective for me. Mm hmm. Again, yeah, I agree. I think it's something that we, again, I, I mean, in, in the Christian community, I don't know how often, because I've never heard a word in particular that talks about your body other than like in maybe like a sexual manner, like you said, mm -hmm. because I mean, and, and that's important. That's just as important, um, because I think when you do that, that goes into other psychological, mental issues. But I think it's just the same, like, if somebody, you know, has an addiction eating fruits or certain food that's not good for them. Yeah. You know, that's just as damaging because now they feel like they can't, they can't get out of it. You know, they're spending money that they don't just, you know, you're spending money you don't need to spend. Right. You're, you know, putting your body through added stress that it doesn't need to be. You know, it's just as bad. And I think it's something that, you know, whoever out there is listening to this and struggling with that, you know, hey, you, you guys can seek help, too, with that. Because it's not, just because it's not dealing with, like, you know, sex and right. a mental, because it is a form of a mental battle. But, like, the, the I guess we'll, we'll say, like, the traditional mental battles right. that are discussed. To, to me, when you said that, it sounds like another form of bondage. Right, and exactly. A, and addiction. Mm -hmm. And God doesn't want us to be in bondage from to anything. Exactly. He wants us free from every single thing, even if that's food. Right. Because as real, people actually have addictions and bondage to foods. So much so, you know, they got TLC, five hundred pounds. Yep. I don't I always say I don't understand how that happens. But you know, it's so many things that that person goes through in their life and foods be food becomes their their savior. It becomes a gateway. It's no different than somebody who's drinking. No difference. Right. Agreed. Agreed. Completely. Um, and I was going to say just to follow up with that, you know, physical health, like when you take care of your body, um, whether you're training for, for, you know, um, whatever you're training for, uh, if you're just putting your body just through, you know, the normal amount of physical, uh, activity, if you're eating healthy, mm -hmm. that's a form of worship to God because you're treating what God provided you as the temple it is. Well, so think about that the next time that you maybe want to eat something that, you know, maybe you don't need to eat right now or, you know, you know, in the back of your mind hasn't been, you know, a good experience for you. Think about when you do eat the right things. Wow. I'm praising God because I'm putting something good into what he provided. And another tip, like even if you do, you know, don't mm -hmm. feel bad about it. That's true. Yeah. And just remember everything in moderation. Right. Not to say you can't have a cookie. Don't have the whole pack of cookies. Right. Maybe have one or two. <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> And the fact of the matter is, I don't believe it says anywhere, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't believe there's anywhere in the word that says that, you know, um, eating, you know, a certain food per se is a sin. Um, but it's just like you said, I think it goes to sh goes to just show that when you eat things in moderation, you are able to align yourself with treating your body as a temple and not, you know, as just like this big, you know, uh, suction cup for junk food, if you will. Suction cup for junk food. I like that. <laughs> Just off the top of the head, you know. Brilliant. Fresh. Super fresh ideas. <laughs>
<laughs> um, but yeah, so I mean, um, I think that's definitely the part of the physical health um, that, you know, we want to talk about. But then um, to kind of cross over into like, we'll go into the mental health spectrum, right? Um, I, I just want to start off to say as my as me being a black man in the society, I think that uh, mental health is something that's not taken as serious in the you know, black male community as serious as it needs to be, especially with the situation that we talked about earlier in our episode um, in regards to the way that, you know, we're being treated uh, from law enforcement and, you know, having to see images like that contributes to an insecurity, a fear, uh, an anger that we carry, you know what I'm saying, towards um, law enforcement potentially, you know, for some of us. And I don't think that it's something that's looked at as serious um, for people like us, and you know, it's definitely a thing that hurts our community because I think it drives the self destruction. If, in my opinion, if I'm being honest, I agree. I think, especially what we talked about in the beginning of this episode, it's an attack not only on our body and our community, but our minds. You know, little black boys are growing up afraid if I get stopped by the cops, you know, what's going to happen to me? This might be my last day. That should never even be, you know, a thought right. or a conversation. It's wild. Right. It's crazy. It's it's absolutely crazy. And that's why when I, you know, think back to what our ancestors had to go through, I mean, not to say that we aren't going through anything or it's not significant, but just imagine being a black man or a black woman, you know, when our ancestors were alive, you know, and how hard that must have been, you know, being on like plantations and being slaves or you know, being in communities down south where you don't know if, if you know, KKK people are, may, may roll up on you or stuff like that. Um, exactly. You know. And I think, honestly, it's unfortunate what our ancestors had to go through. Mm-hmm. But I think it's built this generation now. If we wasn't as tough and as persistent as, you know, Martin Luther King and, you know, um, Rosa Parks and um, Harriet Tubman, we wouldn't even be here. We would be extinct. Right. Mentally, we would have died. Right. Agreed. There's there's certain people in our history that have you know served as beacons of hope to kind of give us a place in our minds where we can say it's possible, and God definitely put that in place. I I believe, um, you know, and I think just to kind of go back to the the male thing is, you know, I'm speaking from again my perspective on it. Uh, if you have anything different, just let let us know. You know, let me know through my page, but. Um, I think the biggest thing is withholding emotion when it comes to, you know, black men. Exactly. Because I think emotion um, doesn't make a man a man, if it makes sense. Like in popular culture um, and how that's dictated. Um, But that's really where the enemy begins to penetrate the man's mind. Why Why is the enemy trying to come at the man's mind? Because the man is the leader. Whatever men do is how... The rest will follow, in theory. In theory. Right? Yes. And so... In Bible. Right, exactly. So all that's, so how all that's happening is by that. I think that's a main factor as to why we're in some... The situations that we are in a lot of times because we're not addressing either the pains, the fears, uh, the, the anger, you know, or anxieties that we are carrying, you know, because, again, we're trying to... We're trying to be. We're trying to be something that we're not. If you're not okay, it's okay to say you're not okay. You know. 
Yeah, I agree with that. And I think it goes back to childhood. Um, we're taught that. Men are taught that. So I think it begins to change when we change our teaching, when we don't no longer look at our men or our little boys that will soon be men and say, you know, man up. Right. Let him cry. He's seven. He's mm -hmm. three. Whatever. Let him cry. Let him get his emotions out because it's unhealthy to not express your emotions. There's nothing more manly about not expressing your emotions and being afraid to explain how you feel. Exactly. Right. Exactly. And, you know, some things that I, that I wrote down just as a thoughts, just as thoughts, my thoughts is, you know, there's fear that's never discussed because of what, you know, he, he may look like. Um, it's pain that never is let go of that spills into self-destructive lifestyles. And then there's anxiety that doesn't get discussed because men need to be sure of themselves even when they're truly not. Right. And that's the only thing I'd rather you be sure of, that you're not okay. Yeah, that's you, good. You know? That's and, very good. And that's the, those are just some things that I know from just a male perspective that affect just overall mental health. And now, again, when you're affecting mental health or our ability to think, to process, now you're affecting our ability to be successful. Because are you really successful if you're having if you're having continuous difficulty processing things that you may have had to endure through, you know? Yeah, and you never move forward right. because you're always stuck in the past of what happened and how you should have been better and so on and so forth. And I think this is so important why we need to teach our children and grow them up in the Bible because Jesus was the most successful man on earth. And it clearly says in the text, Jesus wept. Mm, that's good. That's good. And I also want to say something too in the, t the scripture is, um, is that in the story, um, I believe it's in John, if I'm not mistaken, but it's where um, Jesus uh, helped um, to save Lazarus right. from the rescue. He basically Resurrection. Brought, him back, brought him back from the dead, right? And when Mary had let him know that he had, he was he was dead, he he actually took a moment to deal with his emotion. He expressed his emotion as well. Sure did. And that was a way of dealing with it. You don't you don't deal with something that is not expressed. If I'm being if we're being honest. Could you agree with that? I agree with that. Yeah. I definitely agree with that. And, you know, that's the second scripture that we just, you know, threw out there. Right. That Jesus expresses, expressed his emotions. So it makes me think, where are we getting our the, theologic? Theology. There the, you theology. Go. Theology. <laughs> our theologic. Our the, 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 the. It does say the a lot. In the, the Bible. thy. God. <laughs> I think we get it from popular culture. I mean, mm. and it and it's you know it's Hollywood. It's it's uh, our idols. These these idols, you know, that we see and like you know, um, I can't speak for any other community, but I know like in the black community, it's definitely been you know athletes, rappers, you know, um, I'm trying to think of who else movies, movie stars, Superman. You know, you know it's it's a combination of things, but you know, and it's and it's. I'm, I'm not saying it's not difficult. It's difficult to maneuver with a different a mindset, you know, in a society where everybody is presenting all these different standards of success, right? Right. It, it's difficult. I talked about that. I think in other episodes we did prior to this, but that shouldn't let us. That shouldn't get us to a point where we say, you know what, I just want to just do what they want to do because I see where they're at. 
just because they're at a place doesn't mean that they're experiencing that place. Yeah, not at all. Right. So we consider them to be successful because they have a house, because they have a car, all this other stuff. But mentally, just that, just to put it in perspective of where we're at now, mentally, they're not experiencing the success that everybody else is telling them that they have. That's good. That really shows you that success isn't necessarily in material things. Right. You don't know what kind of hell is in their mind. Right. And we see it all the time. Prince, Michael Jackson, so successful, so rich. Right. Still died, what I would say, before their times mm-hmm. off of taking medication because they couldn't sleep. Right, because they couldn't stand to be alive. It, right. Right. And so, now maybe ask you this. You know, I know I've been kind of going in with the male perspective. Do you feel like there's anything significant within, you know, the uh, woman population, you know, that maybe is something that's maybe plaguing in terms of mental health? Definitely. I think there's so many different things that, you know, women deal with mentally and that's being good enough. I mean, culture has a big way of telling women that they're not good enough, especially if you're dark skin or you're not popular culture, what's beautiful. Every girl, every teenager, every woman wants to be beautiful. And when you start adding the pressure of, oh, your body needs to be a certain way, your hair needs to be a certain texture, you need to have a good job, you need to be independent now, but then you need to be not too independent because then you're too strong of a woman. And then how can you find a man if you're too strong of a woman? It's so many things that we have to balance in our head, especially when you start looking into the aspects of single mothers. That's a lot of pressure. That's true. Yeah, I was going to say that is one, like being single mothers, which there is a lot of nowadays. Uh, I think because it's become so regular, I don't think we we truly appreciate single mothers the way that we need to. I mean, obviously, ideally, we wouldn't want them to be in that situation, but at the end of the day, they stepped up and had to do what they had to do because not only are you trying to tend to the health of yourself, but you're trying to tend to the health of that child or children Mm, that you're trying to Children, yes. Talk about children. I mean, that mentally is exhausted. It's draining just to have more than one child and knowing that that child maybe doesn't have their father in their life and you're trying to overcompensate to be everything that child needs you to be. Yeah, I agree. It's it, it's it's definitely a trying time um, in terms of that because you're trying to do two things at once. Because sometimes if you think about it, you know, I'm not saying that every single woman is like this, but um, or a single mother, rather, excuse me, every single mother um, is not is not like this. But let's just say you, you may not be where you need to be mentally, but you, but you have to be because now you're a parent. Right. So you're forced to grow up mentally and you're probably still immature in your mind. So you're at a point where you're trying to do the best that you can. But at some point in time, your children maybe won't get all the mental help they need because you never got it. Exactly. And that's where the cycles start. Yes. That's where the cycles start, you know. And I think um, the Bible, you know, we, we talked about how the Bible has, you know, something that for everything, pretty much. Um, we just talked about how it had part about, you know, the importance of being physically healthy. Yes. Um, you know, but there's so many different places that you can go in the Bible that talk about, you know, uh, just either using Jesus as a reference to know that he, he, you know, died for you to have the opportunity to be mentally healthy, mentally free, 
mentally thriving. Renew your mind. Exactly. Exactly. And, um, you know, one that's always been near and dear to me, which we, I think you should know this, but you should know this. Uh But it's from Philippians Mm -hmm. uh, 4, verses 6 and 7. Yeah, of course. You know, it discusses, you know, freeing your mind of anxiety. Cast all, you know, and then First Peter, I think it's no First Peter five seven. Cast all your cares and anxieties. For he cares for you. For he cares for you, yes. right? So, you know, there's 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 places in the Bible that reference all. It's all over, guys. You know, I mean, I just kind of just wanted to just do an experiment last night. I went to Google. I just typed in, you know, mental health in the Bible. First thing that came up was OpenBible.com. Mountains of verses. Right. Just to just that apply to you, making sure you're doing what you can do, not what you not what not everything, because we can't do everything, but doing what you can do, in order to, like you like you said, renew your mind, you're casting all your anxieties, you do that on a regular basis, you know. And if it wasn't important for you to be successful, it wouldn't be in the Bible. Facts exactly. God, God never tells us to do something that we don't need to do. He doesn't say renew your mind because I just want you to. Right. Think about me because I just want you to. It's for our benefit that we do these things because he knows that mentally we have a very small cavity where we can hold stress until we break down. Right, exactly. I agree. I agree. And I think when we put some importance to the Bible, we we can get to, you know, get those things etched in our mind. A lot quicker you know I, I think it's very easy to kind of read um so myself and valencia kind of just give an insight uh me and v you know what i'm saying um we were talking about you know different strategies in terms of reading the bible um and what she did say last night to me um is that you know when you read the bible just plain as it is you know just read it for yourself a lot of those things start to get reaffirmed in you the more that you read it and that's how it becomes a memory thing. When things start to happen that challenge you, that bring, that want to bring you fear, you you rebuke it. Exactly. Based You've, on the truths that you know. Exactly. I love what you said. The truths that you know. You don't know how God is good. You don't know what he says that he'll do for you, what promises he, he has for you. If you don't read the text, you can't hijack somebody else's faith. You can listen to pastors all day long on YouTube and go to church, and you should, and you definitely need that. But what you need even more is to have your own relationship, and that means reading the Bible. Exactly. See, going to pastors and listening to different teachers and reading, you know, different material is great. Um, it's great for you know research and you know uh, analysis. Per se. Other perspectives. Other perspectives, which is great. You know, we all want to do that. But at some point in time, you have to get your own reflection. Get your own word. Get your own, right. I like that. Hashtag, get your own word. Hashtag. (laughs) That's a good, I might have to drop that. (laughs) It's not copyrighted, is it? (laughs) Um, I might have to charge you. All right, here she go. I I don't get the, the, you know, the boyfriend discount or none of that. Mm-hmm. The the this your man discount. <laughs> this your man discount. <laughs> but um, but yeah, no, it's uh, it's it's definitely a, a integral part. Um, you know, I think as we've gotten in more into where we're at now, I definitely think mental health has been something though that's um been brought to the horizon, like like we were talking about with physical health as well. Exactly. Um, I know in the NBA, for example, that's like a league something that everybody tunes into a lot. Um, fortunately, it's down now, but. 
you know, I know last year they started up like a mental health initiative because a lot of players in the NBA were coming out and saying how it's it's just daunting to have to go traveling, you know, day in and day out, having to kind of be forced into, if you want to think about it, like a physical labor that they may not may or may not be ready to perform at the time. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it, it's, you know, I think we always, you know, paint these professional athletes and, you know, again, kind of the people that we see successful, right? Professional athletes, actors, actresses, maybe some businessmen, whatever. But when you know, when you don't know what, it's easy to know the results or to see the results of somebody else's labor, but you don't really know the labor that's actually put into it. You don't. You don't. Not at all. Right. And so that was, I think, a really good step um, just to kind of include areas in, you know, society where it's, it's maybe been overlooked for some time now. You know, so definitely that was something big recently that I seen. And I definitely wouldn't say I'm I'm not anti medication at all. You know, there are you know, God made medication, he made doctors. So even if that means taking your prescription medicine along with your prescription of Jesus until you can be where you need to be, do that. Right. Don't be ashamed. You know, there there's don't be ashamed of, of things that you need to do in order to get better. Um there's a, there's a, uh, you know, for me, I know for me, right, I used to go to the, when I started going back to the gym a lot um, before this whole coronavirus came in, I was, you know, beginning to go back. And I know I've been in cycles in my past where I'm like, yo, I'm going to go to the gym, start going to the gym. And when I go in, I'm getting intimidated because I feel like, dang, what if I'm not being able to put up the weight, you know what I'm saying, that everybody else is, you know? What if I'm not able to meet, the, to get on the tread and meet this time? you know, like everybody else is or whatever. But the thing is, when you're trying to, when you're so focused on trying to better yourself, you have to block out the noise. You have to block out what may or may not be accepted, you know, Um, because I feel like God puts puts you in a different mindset because he wants to use you differently. Yeah, it definitely means staying in your own lane right? and being okay with that because God anointed you for a specific thing and your anoint your anointment if that's even a word right now it's just that maybe you get on the treadmill for two minutes maybe you lift 10 pounds exactly that's okay you don't have to be like somebody else because god did not call you to be like somebody else do your own thing until you get to the place that you want to get to walk your path walk it like you talk it no? Uh, oh, okay. I get it. I get Walk it. it like Jesus talked. <laughs> Walk it like Jesus talked. <laughs> okay. I guess. Okay. Okay. A little, little flair on that, you know. A little bit. You put a little, uh, what is it? Uh, a little, little cilantro on the top. Or like, what is that? What, seasoning. What, what do you put on the top? No, at the end, of, when you have like a, a really good dish and you put it on top, mm-hmm. like to give it some color. Some basil. Some basil. Arugula. Arugula. You know, those little greens that you, you did that. That's what you just did. Thank you. Okay. I appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> um but yeah you know uh last thing i'm gonna say you know before we kind of get to closing out here is you can't make a difference without being different that's so good i think a lot of people are afraid to be different but god didn't call you to be a clone he doesn't need another chris brown he doesn't need another brandon merchant like he made you because he needs you exactly Everybody wants to make a difference, but yet when it comes time to being different, whether that's through your execution or whether that's through your recovery, 
whatever that may be, we automatically get scared of it because it's not what other people have done. Embrace the difference. Embrace going against the grain. Because going against the grain is what is, it might not be natural to the rest of the world, but it's natural to Jesus. Because as we all know, everything that Jesus was doing was different. Again, he was an outcast. Everything was different. So if he was going through some times where he was doing things different and he was being looked at weird and he was being, you know, in certain cases persecuted, what makes you think that the road that God has prepared for you is not going to have that? And it takes me back to what our pastor says, Dr. Darius Daniels. Um, normal isn't working. Exactly. Normal isn't working, nor is it okay. God created us to all stand out and be different. And I think that goes back to the mental thing. Mentally, are you, you know, in prison to what you think you should be? Mm-hmm. Or what you saw for somebody else, right? you can be inspired by people, definitely. Oh, you know, they have X, Y, and Z, and I want I want to be something like that. Definitely be inspired, but don't try to copycat. Don't try to duplicate because that's not where your anointing, and that's not where your purpose is going to be. Right, exactly. So you can, you know, I feel like it's like, you know, we talk about, I know, like I told you all before, I've been cooking more times than not yes yes throughout this quarantine now Mm -hmm. and what i will say is that you know i like i get ideas to to do certain dishes that i cook but i'll take like a dish that's like you know normal and i'll put like a little spin on it almost to let people know it's yeah this is a this is an alfredo this is a uh burger or whatever you want to call it you know right a normal meal right but this is this is the way that I do it. It's your flair. It's my flair. And I don't got to be ashamed of it, you no. know, um, whatever that looks like. So, you know, just don't be afraid, man. And I think we got to, uh, in terms of success, I'm going to say this last thing is, um, instead of going to God saying that, you know, look what we did, look at the story we wrote, let's start getting the perspective to say, let's come to God and say, God, I'm, I'm ready to read the story that you already wrote. Right, that's good. I'm ready to read along with you. Mm-hmm. You know, chapter by chapter, page by page, you know, because it the story's already been written. It's already done. He yeah. already ordered our footsteps. He already ordered it. The question is, are you going to stay on the path that he has formed for you, or are you going to try to do so much work, so much preparing, so much, you know, extra time to carve out your own path instead of going with a path that's already there? Right. It's already easy. God makes it easy. It's not hard. Right. The path, having the path is is not easy, but getting through that path sometimes may be hard because of the world that's around us. Yeah, that's true. And the question is, though, again, what are you going to be influenced by? What are you aligning yourself with? What are you aligning success with? Are you aligning? Are you going to continue to align your success with a normal world or with a different God? And I think the more you align your success with the normal world, eventually you're going to see that it doesn't work. Exactly. That it fails and that it leaves you more empty than what you think it will be. Exactly. You know, because money and success and fame, all that comes with pressure. All that comes with sustaining what you, quote unquote, did and what you made. God doesn't have any pressure. You know, you go to him empty you go to him saying lord you do whatever you say you want to do right you take the burden for your yoke is light 
Exactly. Exactly. And I'll just follow your footsteps. Right. Realizing you can only do what you can do. You shouldn't do anything else because in the end, it's not worth it. God has already giving you the power <laughs> it's like we trying to be different in the wrong way we're trying to be different by doing by trying to do what only god can do and it's like <laughs> right only i can like, do that <laughs> right and it's like yo that's me being different but it's like at what cost though like you trying to do something that you have no control over yeah. like all you could do is just do what you can do that's it he's already the great i am you don't need to be it right Change, uh, changing your in your inward is it will equal a, a better outward for you. You just have to understand that everything that you do, you do it for the Lord. I'm I'm telling you, next time you you take a bite into that food that you know is not good for you, remind yourself, you know what, I want to do better at taking care of my body because my body is a temple. And the time that you are stuck in situations where you know you keep getting uh, in situations where you are uh, exposed to maybe mental stress, you know fear, you know, anything like that, remind yourself, hey, me getting out of this situation is showing God that I care about him because you're caring about what he's created. Amen. And God cares about everything that he creates. He does. It's so good. Why are you different? You are different, but, <laughs> but not in <laughs> You are way. different. But you different, different. <laughs> you, ain't diff- you ain't different, different, but you are different from that, in, that, in that regard. Exactly. <laughs> you're set apart. Right. But uh, any closing thoughts? Uh, you want to give people your page? I know you said that you are a you're a writer, correct? Am, am I am I just saying things? <laughs> no, you're not saying things. I am a writer, <laughs> so you guys can follow me on Instagram at curls ig, IG curls meet writer. Okay, that's that's your. So is that like a business page or is that? That's just, a personal page. That's your personal. That's page. That's my IG. If you guys want to get to know me, you want okay. to chat it up. That's my personal page. Okay. So then, if you want to check out the business, the writing, editing services. Okay. You can go to Curls Meet Jot It on Instagram, okay. and you can go to Curls Meet Jot It dot com on the web. A website too. The website. Oh, she can. She prepared. Yes, I did. <laughs> yes, I did. I did that. Was that what, what was Pastor's last sermon? Or, well, the first one. I'm a savage. Savage. No cap. Classic. Bougie. Holy. Yes. Does that work? Yeah, that works. That works. Better. It's not as it's not as ringy to the ears, but. Classic. Bougie. Holy. Nah, but we're being different. We're being different for we're, the Lord. We're putting the arugula. The arugula on top. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, but you guys, you know, appreciate who, uh, you guys tuning in. Um, this was, again, the last episode of the uh, Success Chronicles. Uh, we hope you enjoyed every last part of it. If, you, yes. if this is your first um, tuning into the series, go back, listen to the first two, and then get to this one. I'm telling you, each and every episode is an integral part of aligning yourself with your with the idea of success that is in God's eye. Exactly, which is the best success you could ever aim for. Right, right. So we love you guys. You know, love we you. wish you guys the best wherever you are. Stay healthy, stay safe. Again, this is the His Cape Not Yours podcast. My name is Brandon Merchant and we are signing off.